Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creation Podcast, a show where we discuss the science that confirms scripture. I'm your host, Lauren. Thank you to all of our viewers and listeners for joining us today. I have with me today, Dr. Randy Galuza. He's ICR's president. Welcome in, Dr. Galuza. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you so very much, Lauren. So the human body is a remarkable thing. And I know that's another topic that you're really passionate about. Today, I wanna talk about many of the systems within the human body that really keeps us functioning. And that is the immune system. Can you tell us exactly what comprises the immune system? Well, that's a great question because, you know, you go through medical school and you spend weeks on the immune system. It is, in my opinion, it's the most complicated system in the body. It touches every other system like they all do, but it's very, very important in regulating not just our health and not just whether we get sick or not, but it regulates mood, it regulates metabolism, it, it does so many things. It's actually very, very complex. So I'll try to narrow it down to just a real broad discussion of the immune system. First, it's not just there to protect us, as I've already mentioned. It's there to regulate a lot of things. So right from the very beginning, I'd like you and anybody who's listening to this to open their mind and think about the immune system as something broader than what we generally think of it is, and that's just strictly defensive, something to defend us against foreign invaders, which are here to kill us. There's a much better way to look at it in terms of what it's broadly doing for human beings. And it's got two main arms, and you probably know about some of these. One of them would be called your innate defenses. That's like your skin. That's an innate defense on those areas. Your tears flush things out of your eyes. Even your saliva swallows things down. All of these are, are regulating what microbes are on your body and where they need to be. Now, another part of your innate system are certain cells we call white blood cells. And some of them circulate constantly in your body and they look for anything that has markers on it which would not be identified as self or as Lauren. And if it doesn't have Lauren on it, it generally will be uh, attacked. We use that word attack because we think in terms of defensive things. Mm -hmm. But these cells generally will engulf it and they'll try to destroy it. And that's the innate system acts very, very quickly. You get a cut and it goes to work almost instantaneously. And another part of your innate system is when you um, get inflammation or swelling. You twist something or you sprain something and you get swelling or you break something, you get swelling, you get a cut, you get swelling. Swelling is part of the innate system. It, hmm. it releases chemicals into your body and it swells up and it brings white blood cells into the area, it brings a lot of blood to the area, it gets warm and it starts to heal. The second part is your acquired system. And that isn't nearly as fast, but that's what everybody's talking about in the news these days about getting vaccines. That's a part that can learn, and it can be very, very specific, but it usually takes anywhere from five to 10 days to ramp it up. And that's where we, in terms of, uh, of a vaccine, we would put something in your body, which your body would recognize as non-self, and certain cells, T cells and B cells, you've heard of those type, the T cells and B cells, they would recognize that and they would start to um, recruit other cells to attack it, like natural killer cells or cytokine killer cells or those kinds of things, or T, killer, T cells that are ki killer cells, mm -hmm. or B cells which release antibodies. 
And antibodies are little proteins which mark something that set it off and say, okay, come and to those other white cells and attack this. Mm. Or if you had like a toxin in your body, like a rattlesnake bite, those antibodies can, can bind to that and neutralize it. So I know, I told you it's pretty complicated, but those are just very, very broadly speaking, your innate and your adaptive or acquired systems. Okay, no, that's, that's helpful background. You mentioned, obviously, protecting us is not the only thing that the immune system does, but that is one of the most famous things that it does. One of the things it protects us from is bacteria and other microbial dangers, but not all bacteria are bad. Can you explain some neutral or even good functions that bacteria can fill? Oh, of course. And this is where worldviews really matter. You know, if you come from an evolutionary worldview where people in their thinking it's dog-eat-dog dog, survival of the fittest, well, then everything's a war, and there's mm -hmm. just this constant war of nature and, and one creature struggling against another creature, which is how they view the world. And therefore, of course, they see the immune system as primarily defensive and mm -hmm. is protecting us from those foreign invaders. That's totally wrong. I have to say that that worldview is wrong right from the get-go. Uh, sure, there are things which could hurt us or harm us. There are microbes right. on that. But it's wrong for two reasons. One, most creatures are not in this competition or struggle for life. In fact, when we really look at living things, they actually work together very well. Mm -hmm. They were made to work in harmony, not to kill each other off and not to struggle. Right. And you and I, even as Christians, we believe that there was a fall and, and death was introduced even in this fallen world, most creatures work cooperatively with each other. They're not in competition. Mm -hmm. So we don't see this, this struggle. Second, as you already mentioned, um, these microbes do a lot of beneficial things for us. And they're all over your skin and the areas, yeah, you're covered with them. You can't see them. <laughs> they're not, but they're not bad. They're doing good things for you there. Anywhere you kind of, your body interfaces with the environment around you is where you're going to find them. So you, mm. you have them at sentry points in your mouth, coming in your nose, down close to your lungs. And of course, when you take food in, uh, in your whole digestive system. And mm. that's probably the biggest system in your body which works with the microbes. Well, if you did not have those microbes in your gut, trillions of them in your gut, you could not live. Why is that? It's because they're breaking down substances in your food which are essential for you to live. Mm. And so most of those bacteria, most of those microbes, which are which not just bacteria, but there's viruses in there as well, are doing useful things for you. And a, a, a really important principle of engineering is this. You, you need something called an interface in order to get two independent entities to work together. Or as we would ask it as an engineer, how do you get two independent things to work together? Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you have a sister at home, your mom might have just told you, what? Now get along with your sister. No, I heard that a few times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she did. But with microbes and other things, you just can't do it. You just can't force them and say, right. okay, all right, now you get along with each other. You can't do that. So engineers know if you have two independent things, you have to build something which connects them to each other. And it has to have features of this one, and it has to have features of this one, and it has to have a way to bring them together. That's called an interface. And in reality, that's what your immune system is doing for you. 
It's enabling you to interface with all of those microbes on your skin and primarily in your gut. It's amazing that our bodies were designed like that. But one question I do have is some people seem to think that the idea of having an immune system, since one of its functions is protecting us, is contrary to the idea of a sinless, sickness-free world, like the Garden of Eden. Mm -hmm. What would you say against that argument? Well, I would say that we, we need to reframe our thinking. We need to look at biology as it really is, mm -hmm. and we need to um, see how that fits in the context of what the Bible teaches. Of course, the Bible teaches in the Garden of Eden that there was no death, and there was uh, no sickness in that, and that creatures, I don't know how they would have done it, it doesn't say, they would have lived indefinitely. But we know that Adam and Eve had to eat, and we know that they had to eat vegetation and things. And as I already mentioned to you, if you didn't have those microbes in your gut, and you didn't have a way to interface with them, you couldn't live. Mm -hmm. So what is that telling us about Adam? When, when, when the Lord made Adam, Adam had what we would have called an immune system. And when the Lord made Adam, he already had the microbes in him. He had those microbes in him, and they were doing what the microbes were meant to do. And so the Lord had to make for Adam a system that would connect him to the microbes. And that's, these, that's what we would call the immune system. It connects you with these, with these microbes of which the vast, vast, vast majority of those interactions with the microbes are all good. Hmm. The vast majority of them all good. They're all beneficial, beneficial, and they're necessary in those ways. So let's look at it a little bit differently. Maybe what the so-called immune system was doing for Adam was connecting him to those microbes. And maybe when his immune system was even killing the microbes in his gut at that time, it wasn't to protect him from getting sick from those microbes. It was a regulatory process, hmm. regulatory process of his body adjusting, I want this type of microbe at this time or this many microbes at this time. And it's regulating the types and amounts of microbes in his gut based on his diet at any particular time. And the mechanisms that was using to kill those microbes wasn't to keep them from getting sick. It was a regulatory process. And I would say what we need to do is we need to get away from the death-driven worldview of evolutionism, look at it, biology as it was really made, which was organisms to work with each other, understand from an engineering standpoint you need a system to do that, which is our so-called immune system, which would probably be better called as an interface system, mm -hmm. an interface system letting us relate to those microbes and seeing that the role that it's doing, even if it's, even if it's destroying a microbe here or there, it's regulating it. It doesn't want it here at this point. It does want some here. It wants so many, but it doesn't want this many. Mm. So it's regulating types and numbers of which, uh, of which a defensive idea would be there. But even defense is still a regulatory role. I don't want these microbes here in this case. Mm -hmm. So before the fall, it was regulating these microbes to do the beneficial things which they do for us. And oh, by the way, uh, we do beneficial things for the microbes too. Not only like do they, 
we, we transfer nutrients and other things to them from their body, which are the exchanges are regulated by this mm-hmm. interface system called the immune system. So it's a mutual agreement. At any one time, microbes are making products. And they put them in, we'll just talk about your, your intestines. They put them into the lumen of your intestines. Your cells pick those up and they bring them in. It does things in your body. And sometimes the microbes send a signal and your body dumps something into the lumen and the microbes pick it up and they process it. So it's rather than a war fighting situation, you should probably think of it as more as as a business relationship. That is so interesting because it just flies in the face, like you said, of the death-based evolutionary worldview because I think most people have a very war-based idea of the immune system where it's almost the bacteria competing with us for life. And it's not that way at all, but it's an interface between us and the various microorganisms that we come into contact with. That is absolutely fascinating. It's a positive thing, not just a reactionary thing. Yeah, it is. It is. And the Bible gives us the best worldview. Mm -hmm. So take-home messages from this podcast. One, rethink rethink microbes for all of us. They're there for a purpose. They're there for beneficial reasons. Get that out of your head, that they're here to hurt you and harm you and do things to you and all of those kinds of things. You have trillions of them on your body. You're relating to them all the time, and the vast majority of those relationships are beneficial, mutually beneficial for both of them. So rethink microbes. They're there for your good. Second, rethink in terms of engineering. You need something that enables you to relate to those microbes, and the only system in your body is what we call the immune system, but it's really enabling you to have a beneficial exchange with those on the vast majority of those relationships. Mm. Third, rethink what control is. What you think is maybe defense is really control. The body says, I want some here and I don't want them here uh, in those areas. So we can, we can be instructed by the Bible and science to come up with a better view if we're willing to let go of some old thoughts. So I am curious about what about the immunocompromised or those who are on immunosuppressants? How does their system function differently and what can we do to help in those kinds of situations? Well, that's a great question because People can get, as you said, immunocompromised for various reasons. Uh, They're on immunosuppressants for uh, diseases that they might have where their body is attacking themselves. And we do live in this fallen world where the original design has been corrupted. Mm -hmm. And it's not functioning exactly like it should, and things get broken. And so people who have what are called autoimmune diseases have broken systems. And for some reason, it's usually recognizing something as non-self, which is really self, and it's attacking it. So you can get drugs to suppress those, those diseases. And you can also become immunocompromised if you get cancer. So when someone is immunocompromised, it puts them at risk for having their body overrun by large numbers of microbes. A lack of that regulatory process you were talking about. It's a about. lack of the regulatory okay. process. And the microbes are not necessarily there to try to do you harm. Uh, some of them, of course, maybe they're, they're dis- they've become dysfunctional too because of the fall. And so they're out of their proper place or they're not doing their proper functions. And so maybe there is a harmful role for those. Clearly, I can see some of them. But they're multiplying. They're doing just what they need to do. And your body is usually able to regulate or control those. 
but not always. And it isn't, doesn't always mean that you're immunocompromised, and that's why we have vaccines. You want to get a leg up on some very rapidly producing bacteria, or you want to get a leg up on some which have very harmful toxins or effects. In other words, they, they ramp up too fast for your body to keep in line with them. And that can happen whether you're immunocompromised or not. Mm. It just happens easier if you're immunocompromised. So one way we head that off is when we try to limit exposures to people who are immunocompromised. And two, even for them, most, we try to make sure they have, they're up to date on all their vaccines so that their body has already made the little proteins called antibodies in advance. So when they're exposed to those bugs, we'll just call them the bugs, they already have a way to respond to them. And even for people who are not immunocompromised, like we don't want you to get tetanus, and we don't want you to get uh, smallpox, we don't want you to get diphtheria or those kinds of things. So we give you a little portion of that, a broken portion of that bug, so your body recognizes it, and then you make antibodies in advance and then certain cells in your body called memory B cells will remember that so that the next time your body sees it, it's, it's Johnny on the spot and rapid with the antibodies. We have a lot to think about as far as the immune system. Um, thank you so much for being with us today, Dr. Galuza. I feel like we've learned a lot about this topic. Thank you. And also thank you to our viewers and listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to subscribe. You can find ICR's podcasts anywhere that you access your podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, many other places. Again, I'm Lauren. We'll see you next time on the Creation Podcast.